I remember being a walk-on being, you know, the year I got cut or even just as a walk-on, I remember thinking, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds it, of course, but I don't know what I'm going to end up doing, but it was cool to have examples of people, let's say, who made it. Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nick's. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Caps. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. Welcome back to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast, where today's guest is probably going to knock your socks off. Our guest today is Alex Demchek. He's an inspiring keynote speaker, author, and entrepreneur that challenges businesses, schools, and teams to maximize their potential and to make a difference. He's a former SEC quarterback in the state I'm in right now at Mizzou. He got a degree in communication, a minor in business. He's the best-selling author of the book, the sale, which he wrote with John Gordon, which is absolutely phenomenal. Got to talk about that. He also wrote another book, Thrive You, um, that has different inspirational stories from collegiate and professional athletes. Um, he's the co-founder of writemybooks.com, where they will help you write, edit, and publish your book, of which we have talked about in the past, off you know, off the air. Um, he's the executive director of the Touchdown Foundation, which raises money to build uh water wells in 18 third world countries he also has a leadership podcast and you know i think if 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 i summed it up his one of his biggest roles or one of his biggest goals is to help leaders take the next step and i was able to get on the website your website alexspeaking.com great website you know there's a blog that's got stories you can sign up for a newsletter you know you can find your book the sale which if you have not read it, you need to read the sale. You can find a link to the podcast there. Um, Alex, man, thank you for allowing me to talk to you for a little while. I'm blessed to have you on the show. Man, coach, it's an honor. And let me tell you what, I get to travel a lot and I was in Mississippi and people are telling me about you. I'm hanging out with Damon West. He's telling me about you. So <laughs> you, I need to get, I think we should be doing your bio because everywhere I go that somehow your name's coming up, whether it's, you know, some college football coach or whatever. So it's an honor to be on, man. Well, I appreciate it. And I, I don't know how I heard about you the first time. I am a big John Gordon fan. I've read every book that he's, you know, written, which includes the one that, you know, you wrote with him, The Sale. But I know here recently, uh, a guy that I coached with in Mississippi, Jonathan Worrell, um, you spoke at his school there at East Rankin Academy. And he called me when you left town and was like, hey, I got a podcast guest for you. Alex was great. And I'm like, man, I know Alex. I've met Alex. I've not met you, you know, in person, but I knew we had communicated, yeah. talked. And so I'm excited to get you on. And I actually, I actually asked him, you know, if he would give me a question or two. So this first question is going to be a two-part question. Okay. And this is from 
Jonathan, you know, or the, you know, coaches there at um, East Rankin. Number one, where did you place your identity? What were your hopes and dreams, you know, while you were in high school? Like what, what did you dream of being? What was, what did, what was your, you know, what was your identity? And then number two, this is, you're going to answer number one and it's going to lead you into number two. Number two is, you know, how being cut from the team at Mizzou shook the foundation that you had, you know, that you had built and how tough that was for you at that time. That's a great setup. So yes, I will go in that order and answer both of those. So those are great. Number one, in high school, when I think back to growing up as an athlete, you know, I was a sports freak. I'm sure like many of your listeners and loved all kinds of sports. I remember my grandpa in high school, he was like, son, I didn't, I didn't even date girls during football season. That's how focused I was. And so I remember I kind of followed that, that line of thinking. I, there was one girl that was cute that I made an exception for, but other than that, I was like, I'm focused. Um, and yeah, I think I just knew I, I came from an awesome uh, family that just always supported me. And uh, both my parents were just always there for me and my sister. And I think that foundation that they set, whether it's, you know, taking us to church, being involved with youth group, being involved with sports, there was always this, hey, even if you're in something that, that's hard, like you're not going to quit, like you're going to see it through. I remember, you know, in seventh grade, I was playing baseball and just had a really tough experience. Uh, went to a new school and just, yeah, it was just, it was really tough. And I remember telling my parents, like, I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. And they're like, well, you're going to see it through the end of the season. You don't have a choice. Right. And I appreciate things like that, that they, they instilled in me because now it's carried over to today and business and all these different other things that it's like, and then even leading into Mizzou where it's like coach Pinkle of like, you know, being prepared, being on time, uh, doing the little things right. And so those were all just these foundational things that I'm so, I'm so blessed uh, to have experienced. And I think, yeah, I think for me, I remember baseball was kind of my passion. I remember watching the rookie, the, the show, every, like all the time, the movie, and then it transitioned to football. And so a little bit just to transition to the football story um, and how how we're here today. I really think that this this story I'm about to share with you is the reason why I got into what I'm doing today. The reason why I write books, the reason why I speak is because of this story. And so I was a walk-on at the University of Missouri and got the chance to you know, being under Coach Pinkle, just an amazing coach. I'm sure you got time with him. And he's just so, his whole staff, as you know, they were awesome. And Coach Drinkwitz now has a great staff as well. And so I walked on my first two years. Life was good. I was, you know, uh, I backing, backing up Matty Mock, James Franklin, some really good quarterbacks coming out of Mizzou. Like, I just loved the experience. It was amazing. Like, so many friends, so many, you know, this weekend, I'll be at the game this this weekend at Mizzou. We'll see so many former players and teammates. It's It's awesome. And going into my junior season, you have this walk-on meeting. Essentially, it's like a you meet with your position coach. It's normally very chill, no big deal. And going into my junior season, I walk into the meeting room. And one of the assistant coaches, well, normally there was just one of them, but this time there was three. Mm-hmm. So that, that was different. And I sit down at the table. And as I'm sitting down, one of the coaches is standing up and he's he goes to close the door behind him. <laughs> And so at this point, I know like, all right, something's something's not not right and like normal. And um, he he looked right across the table from me. And one of the coaches said, Alex, I want to shoot you straight. Uh, we have over scholarship, you know, on the roster this year. We are bringing in a kid of another quarterback to take your spot. And to your your question earlier on what was your foundation? What was your identity? 
at this point in my life, football is my identity. That's who I was. That's who I, you know, I, I let the jersey 100% define who I was. Alex, the quarterback, Alex, the football player. That's how I viewed myself. And so in this moment, what he's telling me is you're not good enough. Like you don't measure up. We're bringing in someone else. And so as he's telling me this, I'm trying to like, you know, I'm looking at these three coaches across the table, trying to absorb what I'm being told, right? It's like slow motion. And he says, Alex, you have two options. Option number one is your cut. Like, that's it. You know, essentially you're not good enough. Thanks, but no thanks. Option number two is you can stay on the team as this volunteer assistant coach, no pay, but we could use you. And he's like, oh yeah, by the way, you need to decide right now in this meeting what you want to do. <laughs> and so as you can imagine, I'm going, I mean, I'm, there's so many emotions. I'm mad. I'm confused, frustrated, like humiliated, all these things. Right. And in that moment, I didn't even really know what to say other than just I guess I'll stay on as an assistant coach, whatever, whatever that looks like. And so I kind of said that and they all stood up, shook my hand, walked me out. I remember walking out of the room, walking past the person who took my spot. And that was tough. If I'm being honest, I mean, just he's happy. I'm not. I remember going to my truck and just parking it. And I remember just to be totally transparent with all your listeners, like I just remember just crying, just feeling so humiliated. So like I had all these huge dreams and goals for my life. And like, this is now... <laughs> my reality. Right. And so I'm just like humiliated. And I were getting out to my truck and just being like, what, how is this going to go? You know? And so there was a few weeks until the first practice. And so by the time that first practice came around, I'm like, you know what, just like you coach, you know, you can have a great impact as a coach. Um, and you know, I heard a, a Billy Graham, uh, quote that said a coach or a teacher will impact more people in one year than the average person will in a lifetime, right? And you probably have that memorized. And it's, I think it's true. I think it's true. And so I remember thinking to myself, like, all right, I'm going to do this coaching thing, right? And so I show up that first day. I remember I'm a junior in college, but I'm thinking, you know what? Just like coach, you're wearing your free gear today. Like maybe they're going to give me that free swag, you know, that free Mizzou swag. I'm like, you know what? I've been with the program. Maybe they'll put me up in the box. They'll let me call some plays, right? Like I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking all these big dreams, right? And I walk into the facility and one of the assistant coaches, he kind of barks at me and he's like, Alex, come here. I want to, I want to show you what your job's going to be. And he walks, he, he hands me this yellow flag and I actually don't have it, but whenever I speak at different sports teams, I bring it. It's pretty cool visual. It's the actual flag he gave me. It's like a yellow referee flag. And he says, Alex, in practice, we want, we need to work on our discipline. So you're, what we need you to do is take this flag. And when someone, you know, D lineman jumps off sides, you're going to, throw the flag down. <laughs> you threw it down right in front of him. And I'm kind of like watching him do this. I'm like, wow, what a, you know, what a, what a job task, what, what a job this is going to be. Right. And the worst part, he showed me how to do it twice. Like he's like demonstrating how to do this. I'm going, man, this is, this is a rocket scientist coach here. This is a big, big task, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't say that of course, but I'm going, okay. So what part of practice do you want me to do this in the beginning, the end? And he's like, no, 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 no. We need you to do this. Like, the entire season. Like this is one of your roles. And so John, there's so many more details to the story, but long story short, my entire junior season where I thought I was going to go, you know, maybe even move up on the depth chart, I essentially get cut and I'm doing all these menial tasks. I'm printing off practice plans. I'm printing off, uh, I'm making coffee for the coaches. I'm making the other, the person who took my spot, I'm making him look better in practice, all these little things. And I'm sitting here going, what am I doing here? Like what, this is so pointless. But some cool things started to happen during that junior season. Number one, the humility of being brought so low, man, like the relationships I have today, the relationships with players I'll see this weekend, former teammates at the Mizzou game, 
were formed in my mind in a lot of ways, because I was all of a sudden, I had all this time to be present. Now I'm on the sidelines, you know, where maybe a teammate gets hurt. Right. And before I was so busy doing my own thing, well, now I'm able, I'm sitting there on the sidelines and I'm going, man, how, how are you doing? You know, it's like all of a sudden I had this time. And so there's some really cool stories out of that junior year that happened. And I remember t- talking to my position coach and saying, Hey, look, I, I have one more year of eligibility. Like I want to get back on the team. Like I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And so I stuck with it. I'm like in my street clothes, running sprints with the quarterbacks after practice. I'm doing like all these little things um, within within NCAA guidelines. Of course, I want to make sure for your listeners, they know that, but I'm just sticking with it. Right. And long story short, get back on the team as a quarterback, my senior year. If you remember, it was the year we went, uh, we beat uh, Minnesota in the Citrus Bowl. It was an awesome ending to my career. But the reason I, I share that story is when I look back at all my years as a, as a player, and I look at the one year where I threw that darn flag, where I felt like I had no platform, I would argue that I made a way bigger impact that year than all the other years. And my message to people when I go around and speak to sports teams and football coaches clinics and to athletes is leadership requires no title. You know, and and I didn't handle everything perfectly that year, but like to all the listeners, like when you show up and you're excellent in the small things, whether you're the head coach or you're the assistant or you're the flag thrower or whatever, when you're excellent in those small things, it's unbelievable to see the progress that can be made. And and John, I, I know this, I don't, I don't think we would be here on this podcast today if it wasn't for me going through that trial in my life to where instead of letting it define me, I said, how can I let this refine me? And I think man, that, that's the message and, and why I do this work. I think that's awesome. And, you know, for our listeners, I want them who most probably don't understand, you know, getting a spot as a walk-on at Mizzou is tough in itself. It's not truly, you know, I can call up there and say, I want so-and-so to have an opportunity to walk on. That ain't the way it happens. Their walk-ons are selected, you know, hand-picked to come in and be a part of the team you know, intentional because I have had a bunch of guys that I have tried to find a spot for, you know, in that fashion, because, you know, I went to a junior college in Mississippi first was first team all state. Right. And then I couldn't find a scholarship anywhere. Like I could, because I was five foot 10 as a offensive guard, they didn't come knocking down my door. So I walked on at Harding university. So I have a, I have a special place in my heart for people that do walk on and there's nothing, you know, I tell our kids all the time, like there's nothing wrong with walking on, you know, like walking on builds character, walking on, you know, does things for us that, you know, others can't do for us. And I, you know, I spent a huge amount of time at Harding university where those coaches would bring in in the springtime, a six foot four guy. And they would put that joker in front of me because he was prettier (laughs) And I just kept chopping. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, at the end of the day, the coaches are going to play the best people, you know? And I I ended up, you know, getting to play, had a great career, met my wife and everything worked out, but I had to walk on. Like, I just had to take that path. So the walking on thing is not easy in itself. So when you talk about the year you got cut, you know, and was a referee, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, the first two years wasn't easy either because I've had quarterbacks walk on at places and, you know, being buried down the depth chart. I mean, the stories of Tom Brady going into Michigan as the seventh string quarterback and his struggles mentally. You know, how did you handle those the first two years of, you know, being a walk on guy 
and being very down the depth chart mentally, like how did that compare to then, you know, obviously that junior year is tough. And I want to ask you about, you know, in that junior year when they threw that decision out there, you know, um, we can cut you or you can volunteer, you know, like how close was that decision? Like how close were you to just saying, man, maybe this ain't for me. Maybe I need to go somewhere else. Maybe I need to transfer down. Like what went into the yeah, state? That's a, that's a great question. And I think so much of it was honestly the relationships I had built, built at Mizzou. And at that point I was thinking, hey, maybe I could see myself doing some coaching in the future, which I, I do as a keynote speaker and author, I do coach today. It just sure. looks different than, than how I planned. And so I would just say, the foundation that was built for me and that I built, I guess, at Mizzou, it was just so hard for me to think about walking away from that. And, but yeah, to answer your first question of what's it like to be buried in the depth chart. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think to your point, I have a kind of a soft spot spot in my heart for walk-ons too, because every day you have to earn it every day. You have to prove yourself. You're starting at this kind of, um, you know, a disadvantage a little bit. And yeah, I think, but for me, it really taught me to, say how, how, okay. In this role that I have, you know, if I could choose a different path, yeah, sure. I think we would all choose to be the starting quarterback, go to the NFL, make millions. We'd all choose that. But with the cards we've been dealt, I think what I had to learn is like, how can I learn to to add value from the sidelines? How can I add value to this organization? Um, And even in this role, if it's more behind the scenes, I think there's so many ways in our lives that we want to look past the things that are actually preparing us, you know, it's like easy to look, you know, I, I think here's a great comparison. When I first got into speaking, learned from John Gordon meant, you know, I've been mentored by him for eight years. Now we wrote this book together. It was so easy for me to look at him and say, wow, he has hundreds of thousands of social media followers. He has all these things, all these books. Who am I to go out and speak to a high school football team? Who am I to do that? Like he should be doing it. But what I learned and what he even told me is like, look, I can't speak at all these events. Like you have your own unique message. You have your own way to relate to people that I couldn't maybe. And so I think when you realize that, and even a quote that I love that I'm sure you you have memorized too, is a Teddy Roosevelt quote, comparison is the thief of joy. I know for, for myself, coach, it's like every moment as a leader, I spend negatively, I think healthy comparison is great. How do I measure up or statistics, obviously to win football games, but there's like this negative comparison that kind of creeps in where it's like, oh man, if I only had what they had, well, then I would, then I could enjoy my life. Well, that's, that's a dangerous way of thinking because when you think that way, you're actually robbing yourself of the blessings that you've been given. Right. And so I just believe that we are a blessing. We're blessed to be a blessing. And so, yeah, it's, it was not easy. There was definitely times um, where I'm going, man, Maybe I should be at a smaller school where I could actually, whatever, make a difference on the field. But I, I definitely remember thinking back to that or thinking at that time, thinking forward and saying, I'm going to look back to this. And like, what are the things I want to want to take from this? And right now, you know, it's not going to be playing on the field, but what are the different leadership lessons I can take from it? And it's just, yeah, that would be my encouragement for some of your players who maybe are having to make those decisions is like, yeah, you don't know what you want to do. Maybe the rest of your life, you don't have it all figured out. But it's almost like instead of what are you doing, it's like, who are you becoming? You know, it's like if you focus on that who question more often than not of like, how can I be developed? How can I, you know, how I had coffee with one of my mentors this morning, 7 a.m. at the coffee shop. He recommended me a, a book to me and he said, hey, you should read this book. I literally pulled up my phone. I got on Audible. I said, I bought it right now because I said, 
I value your opinion and I want to, I don't want to just, you know, I want to take that seriously. So I think every opportunity we can take, I think I just learned so much from, from the staff and yeah, the other players there that, yeah, I mean, heck, one of my buddies, um, Clayton Eckert, he was the bachelor on a TV show. He'll be coming to my house later and we're just going to be hanging out. So it'll be a fun weekend. We'll just be seeing people and house decks and all those things. So, yeah, but there's, as you know, man, like we could probably talk for hours on just like walk-on stories, you know, yeah. <laughs> we can, we well, can just cut it up just on that, you know? I have, first of all, I think being on the bachelor for a single guy would be pretty cool. <laughs> like, you know, I hate, I didn't have that opportunity back in the day, but that would be interesting <laughs> in itself. But my well, you can ask him, is, whenever you see whenever you see Clayton at Mizzou, you can ask him what it was like. So <laughs> I'll sure do it. I'll sure do it. Well, my next thought is that's that's the book we need to write, the walk on, because that mm-hmm. is a book in itself. Because I can promise you this, there are tons of lessons that a walk on learns that a guy that signs a scholarship don't learn. Because exactly, you no, know, they're exactly. actually if you think about it, there is a, I, and I and I believe. There's a little bit of, uh, you know, th- that they're they're they are for you, but I think they are against you too because right. walk, when a walk on takes a position, you know, I just envision that coach sitting in there in the staff meeting thinking, well, we jacked that up, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. he gave right. a scholarship because he's taller, but he can't believe right. he's whispering. So. You know, That's why I, you love you you love seeing a guy like uh, Cody Schrader at Mizzou this year. For the last two years, you know, transfers from Truman State, three thousand yards there. He comes here and he's crushing it. And it's like you love to see that because it's like they had to kind of eat their words and be like, "This guy's proven himself," <laughs> you know. And so it's so true. And to your point, it's like think about again people that are on scholarship. That's great. We're not we're I'm not hating on them, but it's like think about the gosh the life lessons the the ways that it prepares you. So when you go off and be a, a coach or you're in the business world, you've already, I had to overcome so many like advert and you did too, as a, as a college football player, it's like you overcome so many things to even be on the team, to get on all these things that like, what can you not do once you've been through a program like that? You know, and it's a cool mentality that when you're, when you graduate, it's, a, it's a, you're able to just have that chip that you carry with you the rest of your life. Sure. Let me ask you this, you know, being a walk on and then having the experience of, basically getting cut, going back and volunteering, you know, and then getting, you know, like I I have to, I know what they thought of you to allow you to come back your senior year, you know, like you're, you were making a difference within the team. There's no doubt about it, or they don't allow that opportunity. What were some of the things you learned from that experience, you know, and one you've already mentioned was humility without a shadow of a doubt. And I would assume every walk on in the world has learned a little bit of that lesson. Now, you know, I never had the further experience that you had where, you know, they came in and said, you know, you can't be a walk on this year. You know what I'm saying? So I would imagine that added to it, but what were, you know, besides humility, what were a couple of other things that you were able to take from that experience that has led you down this role of, you know, being someone who teaches leadership to other people? That's a very, very insightful question. I, I, as you were asking that question, kind of a, a vi- kind of a word picture came to to my mind. So I remember being a walk-on being, you know, the year I got cut or even just as a walk-on, I remember thinking, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do in the future. I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds it, of course, but I don't know what I'm going to end up doing, but it was cool to have examples of people, let's say who made it or were the starter or what they were, you know, um, I always, you know, paid attention to, 
how does that person treat a walk-on or how does that person interact? Because I, I remember telling myself at different times, I just remember saying different things like to myself, like what I just witnessed, like if I'm ever in a leadership role or I'm in the spotlight, I will never do what I just went. Right. And so sure. you get, you kind sure. of get these lessons of like what I would never do. And so I think I had the blessing of seeing some really good examples and some, maybe some not as, not as good examples. And so then, you know, now being in different positions, whether it's the CEO of Streamline Books or speaking, whatever, it's like, hopefully people will look at my leadership that are the closest to me, my family, our leadership team. And they would say, wow, like he's doing it the right way. Now, no one's perfect. Um, but I do think that that was one thing that I always thought about of like, again, and there's no like unforgiveness or hostility of how you get treated, but it's kind of like you are, you kind of do start at this, at this disadvantage. And so you do remember those people who, a make the time for you the the people who uh just become your friends like outside of football because i think you get such in the football mind that it's like you know when you're in a program like that that it's like the the guys who and you can just tell you can tell some of the guys that are on the team who are kind of just there for football and then they don't really know what they want to do with their life compared to whether they're scholarship or a walk-on where it's like man that that person has it together and so it's like i almost can look back pretty easily and say okay I can identify like which people are going to go out and do pretty cool things. And so, I don't know. I think that's just one word picture. I kind of vision I thought of, as you were saying that, of just like remembering yeah. when I was on the sidelines with a clipboard and just the way that you're treated when you're in those roles, I think it's a perfect, because if you, if you're not in that, if, if you don't go through that to me, I think you're going to have some blind spots as a leader. Like if you're just, you know, go from being a whatever athlete promoted, 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 you're all of a sudden this huge role Maybe you, maybe you kind of have some blind spots where you've neglected sure. how other people are thinking around you, you know? So, sure. well, all right. That, that leads me to this. And I do, I do not know, um, you know, I do not know what your faith um, walk is, but this is, this is, um, you know, you said something about the one who, you know, does help us or, you know, so this yeah. is my thought. And this to me seems like a God thing. And I don't know where this falls in your, in your, you know, in your walk, but I know who John Gordon is. All right. Like John Gordon is one of the, ver the very, one of the very first books I ever read was the energy. Wow. Book. Like I have bought that book and I have given that book away and I have bought that book and I have given that book away. And one of the first books I ever read and his, you know, his stories, the way he writes are so easy to read, you know, like they're just, they're just awesome. So anyway, somebody um, recommended or gave you the book, The Energy Bus, and I would assume you read it. And then John Gordon comes to the campus of Mizzou. Okay, now, what if nobody gives you that Energy Bus book? What if John Gordon don't come to campus? You know, like, is is that a God thing? Is that, like, how did that, how did the book and how did meeting him influence you and in, in your path and your walk? Wow, that's a really cool way to say that. And yes, absolutely. That is a God thing. And God just ordaining all those different relationships. And yeah, one of my teammates, he was a safety at Mizzou. He's actually coaching at Battle High School now, Mike Gotis. He randomly gave me the energy bus. He's like, hey, I think you'd like, you, I just read this. I think you'd like it. And so I read it within a day <laughs> it was like yes mike i did like it thank you and to think and i tell mike all the time like mike i i, I owe you a steak at cc's broiler the nicest place in uh in columbia because it's like god used that him yep to give me that book 
to then I went to this event where John was speaking to the entire athletic department. Kim Lambert was the director of athletic um, success program. She brought him in. What's crazy full circle is two months ago, Kim Lambert is now at a community college in Iowa as the athletic director and dean of students. Now she brought me in and got 100, 200 copies of the sale. And so it's like, I was able to have dinner with uh, with Kim and her family and just say, Kim, like you helped orchestrate like what I just got to, I got to speak to all your staff members. Like you were helped, you know? And so it's all God, man. It's all God. And just the different ways I've been able to learn from John and even the element of, you know, the message of the sale is about integrity and building trust. And I think what's cool is, you know, a guy like John, as you know, he's used to getting asked so many, you know, so many things of him. People want him to come speak. They want to do all these things. And so one of my focuses was when I first connected with John, I pretty much went up to him and said, Hey, can I, can I like learn from you? Can I be mentored by you? And he's like, well, he's like, you know, I have crazy schedule. Obviously John's a great guy. He said, um, he said, well, are you, are you willing to do some work for free? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And so that's how it started. I started, you know, being on his LinkedIn account or doing sales, all these things that eventually led to then me speaking on his books. So I think one of my first books was on like the energy bus. I would go out and speak to a school. I would use my stories, but the principles. And so then five, six years later, when I brought, we talked about the sale, wrote that book together, it was cool because John, I had seen the integrity, the trust in in the way he runs his business, the way he leads his life through his books. And I think hopefully, you know, he said it on a few other podcasts we've been on, he saw that in me. And so it's, it's cool that we write a book about building trust. We didn't even know it, but like over the course of the last seven years, we've built that trust. And so now it's just natural that we write a book about it to help teams and organizations do that because, but you're right, man, circling it back, circling the wagons, like it's all God and so many of our lives. Like when you think back to all the pivotal moments in your life, the, how God is just orchestrating it all. It's, it's pretty amazing. It's very humbling. Well, you know, like he is, you know, one of my all time favorites. All right. This is what I'm envisioning. I don't know how much of the Damon West story, you know, but Damon West, you know, when he was at the the college coaches award show and he is stalking every single coach in the building, you know, like he's trying to give them a card and he's trying to, you know, and he gets shot down nine in a row and then he pounces on Dabo when he comes out of the bathroom. So like when John Gordon came, like, is that what you did? Like how, how did, how did the, how did the meet happen and how did, you know, how did that progress? Yeah, not really. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't that maybe, I mean, Damon's awesome. I love Damon. And um, yeah, he, I get advice from him. We're talking probably once a week at least. Um, And, but yeah, I think it was just mainly like, you know, Hey, I'm, I was, I was doing sales in the mortgage industry at the time. And I'm like, Hey, I'm doing, you know, so as we, as I met him that day, um, he was, I remember he, there was other, some of my friends were around and we were talking and, and I remember John even like looking at some of my friends being like, Hey, you think Alex could, could do this type of work? And they were like, yeah. So it was like, I guess that was a God thing too, having people there to vouch for me. Um, but I, yeah, I remember even just like the weeks leading, like the actual follow-up, but he's like, Hey, send me, send me an email. And I remember sending him an email and making sure to follow up. And, and I remember, yeah, just the, yeah, like I remember being in the mortgage industry and he's like, well, how much money are you making doing that? You know, what are your goals? What do you see yourself doing? And I'm like, well, I don't see myself slinging mortgages forever. He's like, all right, well, let's then then start doing this work. And so he's really good at kind of identifying those things in people and saying like, well, if this is what you want to do, like what's holding you back? And I think it was examples like him where I'm like, holy smokes, like he's doing what I what I could see myself doing. So 
yeah, I don't know if that's a good answer, but I definitely was just very thankful and intentional about, Hey, how can I add value to him? Cause I know he gets asked all the time. How can sure. he add value to them? So it was more of, Hey, how can I prove myself that I'm going to show up? I'm going to do make that, make it happen. And then through that is when the more value, I think here's the lesson for everybody listening, the more value you add, the more opportunities come your way. Mm, no doubt about it. I've, I've often heard it said, you know, if you can help enough other people get what they want, you can mm. get what you want, you know, in the process, which is, which is really true. All right, let's talk about the book, The Sale. Um, fantastic book, fantastic story of a guy that has a really intrinsic battle um, of good and evil, you know, like basically it is. And, and, you know, in the world we live in today, that battle's going on with lots of people, you know, like we, we, it, it is, it is tough, you know, and the story is, you know, revolves around him and having to make a decision and, you know, what does he base his decision on? And, you know, integrity is, um, kind of the theme throughout the book. How did, you know, when did you write that book? How did you write that book? And I don't mean how, like, I mean, you know, like how we're in that process. Like, did you write the book and send it to John? Um, you know, like how did, where did the book thought come from? Yeah. So the thought came from, I was running, I was on a run in my neighborhood and I feel like God kind of just put the story on my mind, uh, to be totally honest. And, um, and so when that started to happen again, and here's another example of, I didn't go straight to John and say, John, here's the idea. Cause he gets pitched a million ideas. Um, and what I did is I started getting to work on it. And as I'm working on the book, I was out in California at one of his events, power of positive leadership events. And he asked me, what's the, you know, what's the next book that you're working on? What do you, what do you got going? And I told him about it and he said, well, Hey, let's talk more about that. And so, you know, that's when we started really making it our own together and kind of co-authoring it together. And so it would kind of be, you know, I would spend some time writing, send it to him. He would make some changes, send it back. That's kind of what it looked like. So yeah, it was really fun because he, he just know he's been around for so long doing this, that he knows so many storylines. He has so, he just, he's so good at doing that. He's done it 28 yeah. times that I'd have an idea and he'd be like, ah, no, that's already been used by someone else. And I can't do that. You know, and I didn't even know, right. Or, or just different examples like that. And it was so helpful. And so I feel like I learned so much in the process of, wow, here's like a master storyteller that he's done this for all these books, sold millions of copies. Like it was very fun to do it collaboratively. Um, and yeah, just the things that I learned were pretty amazing, but yeah, it was super fun. And then I think just the promoting the book, speaking on it, um, has been even more fun. I think uh, writing a book can be at, you know, at times it's discipline it, it, you have to, um, yeah, really discipline yourself to be in the document and making, cause the book ain't going to write itself. And, um, and, and, and yeah, so I'll, yeah, it was really fun. And I think now the fun part now is that this is kind of like, like my life's message, my life in the same way that Damon, he runs with the coffee bean. I'm, sure. you know, leading and leading with integrity is kind of my focus when with speaking. And so, it's just so fun, man, because I get you get to just share this message with teams, companies, football teams. And it's like it's almost like the message that we talk about in the book and in these in these talks, you just kind of see the head nods from people in the audience, not because it's something special we're doing. But I think it's just like a message that's relatable. And it's like, yes, like it's leaders should 
be living with integrity and that, that that's the most effective way. And that's a competitive advantage is integrity. And so I think we're speaking a message that's kind of countercultural, like you said, in some ways where a lot of times it's like, if I want to get to the top. It's all about me, right? I got to push people to the side. And this book is saying, no, like what would it look like for you to have success, but do it the right way. And I think it's countercultural, but it also hits on it at a nerve in people where they're going, yeah, there's something to that. I've seen it, but I'm so used to seeing it not done that is it even possible? And we get to go in and, and give examples of sure. here's how you can do it and, and yeah. And lead. Well, the, uh, you know, one of the, one of the things that still sticks out to me, you know, that I read in the book was, you know, would you 20 years from now be proud of the decision you mm-hmm. make, you know, and that is sometimes we can make decisions at the spur of the moment because we want to win. We want to, you know, we want to, we want something fast. We want something easy, but 20 years from now, you know, it, it, it wouldn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't, you know, like you wouldn't be proud of the way you got what you got. And that, that really stuck out to me as to how to kind of remove yourself from the decision-making, you know, and think about like, you know, make, making that decision with integrity. Right. Um, let me ask you this, what's next, you know, like as far as, writer alex is there more you know is there more on the uh horizon like is that something that you will do you know like where do you fall into that category yeah so definitely there's more books being written currently uh i i've kind of come up with this as far as my focus um so i i speak to motivate teams and, and individuals i help people become authors and i help people become speakers those are like the three things that my focus is on and they all kind of feed each other they're all kind of in the same realm but i really feel like you know streamline books is a company that we help people write their book uh, i just started speaker school which we help people become speakers we help them write a keynote and then i speak myself so it's kind of like this how can we help elevate other people's platforms to make a difference and i think that's kind of what's next man i think for me like you have some speakers out there who want to do hundreds of gigs a year. You know, they want to be gone. They want to be in an airport 30 days out of 31 in a month. And I got, I got a five month old uh, son and a three-year-old daughter. So man, my, my priorities are just different and I I want to be home and I want to, I want to be home, have success, but also, you know, so, Hey, you know, you know, I'm itching to get down to your school to speak sometime to those guys. So we'll, we'll, we'll line that up and I'll bring some copies of the sale for sure. But you know, it's for me, it's like, how can I, within the five hours of Columbia, Missouri, just be able to make an impact me drive into these different schools and all these things. So I think that's, what's next, man. Um, but yeah, I need to, I need to catch a, a, one of your games. What's next for you? How, how are things going your way? Man, things are absolutely fantastic. We are um, currently undefeated. Now I don't know when this will come out, but we've had a fantastic year with a fantastic group. Um, you know, life is good and we do need to get you to Nixon, Missouri. Um, yeah. we, we had, we had Damon come and, you know, you might want to have Damon before you come to Nixa because we had Damon speak to, um, gosh, maybe eight schools in a matter of 24 hours. Like we wore him slap out, but he yeah, said, man, bring yeah. it on. So we brought it on. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> uh, we will, we will make that happen. Um, yeah. I love that. I can assure you. Well, let me ask you this. Where did the entrepreneurial spirit come from? Because the last time you and I talked, we talked about you helping me write a book, right? You remember that? Well, and I'm going to be honest with you. I know there's a book in me and I would like to report today that it has not come out, 
because I did not decide to do that deal with you for whatever reason. You know, I just didn't. But it's an, it's an ongoing thing, man. We, well, uh, you got to get out there for sure. Well, the thing is, 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 you know, some people may can do it on their own. Some people cannot, you know, and it's one of those things that yeah. you know, chances are, you know, I will need help. And chances are other people are going to need help. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Guardian caps are lightweight, one size fits all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33% of the impact, depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive subconcussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows. Used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges, and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian caps can help protect that helmet investment. Where did the entrepreneurial spirit come from? First of all, you know, because you kind of seem like you have it, you know, like you've got that bug to create, to, you know, to lead, to be out front. And then number two, you know, how, how does one get in contact with you? If they want to bring you into the school, if they personally want to talk to you about, you know, writing their book, or if they personally want to get in touch with you about, you know, how do I become a better speaker? You know, like, how do I, um, you know, how do I do that? You know, like, where did the yeah. entrepreneurial spirit come from? And then how do they get in touch with you? That's a great question. I really think I'm just wired to be that way. I think, you know, I was in corporate America where I was at a cubicle for most of the day. And man, I did it for five years, but I remember going home and telling my wife, it was a great company, by the way, but I'd go home and tell my wife, like, I feel like I'm wasting away. Like, I feel like my skill set abilities creativity are like on the sideline and i'm just showing up like a zombie and i was successful in that job it was great it was all these good things but at the end of the day it's not what i felt called to do and so i think i just love starting things and i love um i i i definitely a weakness of mine is i'm not a great maintainer like i'm not great at sure. maintaining something so i know that about myself and i have to accommodate for that but i love starting new things and so that's the first question. I think that's just how God wired me. And I think sure. we all, we all really have that in us to an extent of, of creating, you know, you talking about writing a book or we all have that, the, the culture you've created in your program, that is, you are getting to do that in a way that is like an entrepreneur. And if you think about it, you know, God was, I guess, the original entrepreneur in, sure. in, in, in everything he created. So it's kind of cool that we get to display his likeness in that way. But yeah, my website is alexspeaking.com. If people, you know, for any of your coaches listening, I'll give huge discounts for for football programs because I just love doing it. And I love, I just feel like I can speak the language and and, and be an encouragement to those guys and um, or just any athletic teams in high school. And and then if people want to write a book, our website is writemybooks.com. And so, yeah, whether you have, some, you know, some of your book done, or you just have it all in your head and you need help with uh, writers actually getting it down on paper. We, we we have, even John, since we've talked a year and a half ago or whenever that was, we have just a plethora of different options. And so I think sure. that's just our heart. That's just our heartbeat, man, is we want to help people share their story, their expertise. And we believe that the world needs your book because it's like, there's someone out there, maybe not a billion people, maybe not a million people, but there is someone that's going to benefit from your book Sure. And all the all the work that it takes to get it to that point, yeah, it's, it can be a grind. But once you get it out there, it's out there, and then you're able to ha hand it out at every single football banquet every year. Every parent, every player gets a. You know, there's just so many ripple effects right. that come from it. So, well, yeah, man, it's kind of. And, and I think about it like this, and we as humans, not all humans, but some humans, we're tight, you know, and we're we're very like I paid a mental performance coach a thousand dollars to get certified. 
And at that time, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, and my wife's like, no. And, uh, you know, well, I ended up doing it. Well, that was probably 18 months ago or two years ago. I don't miss the thousand dollars. And mm -hmm. I have used that certification. It's helped me, you know, just in my wow. everyday walk of life, it has benefited me. So, you know, one thing I've tried to pound into my head is, you know, don't get cheap on things that can benefit you as a human. You know what I'm saying? Like, because right. money, you know, money's going to come and go, man. Like that thousand dollars, I'm not minimizing a thousand dollars, but over the course right. of years, you know, like it's not yeah. changed the way we live, but having went through that course did change, you know, like I was able to add, you know, tools to my tool belt. So I have yeah. benefited from that greatly. So. Yeah, that, that, that I totally agree. And I would encourage people as well. It's like, yeah, whether you're writing a book, whether you're whatever. And, you know, I, I think about a financial planner who's like, where can we invest your money? It's like, that's great. But where, how can you invest in yourself first? <laughs> how can you, what are, what's a simple way you can invest in yourself? And those sure. are the things that even heading into the new year, I'm thinking about like, what are ways that I need to invest in myself next year? You know? Well, and, you know, I did the same thing with this podcast, you know, like it had been a dream of mine to do this because I want to add value. You know, my core values are add, va add value, make a difference, serve others, you know, and, you know, I had to, I had to seek help, you know, I had to find somebody that could help me do it because left to me, I'm not, I, you know, I procrastinate technology issues. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, hey, look at, look at you now. Now it's like in the rankings, it's like the Joe Rogan podcast. And then <laughs> <your> podcast, <right>? <laughs> hey, <laughs> Yeah, we're right there. I'm sure. Um, but like you said before, you know, if one person, and I know they have, because I have people reach out to me, you know, if one person gets something that helps them in their walk, man, like that's the reason that's to it. do it. You know, that and it's the same reason why you help other people. This is my last formal question. Then I want to ask you a couple of quick ones and yeah. I'll, I'll quit eating up your time, you know, for people interested, what do you, what, you know, the John Gordon stuff, because I know now he offers coaching programs, you know, he offers like you, you know, you spoke of the power of positive team, you know, deal. Is that something that, you know, you think would benefit people of growth, people that want to grow? Absolutely. I think anything like that, but especially obviously, cause I come from the John Gordon coaching tree. I've seen it um, in my own life, the impact that it had. I mean, really it was me going, it was me, but to your point, I, I invested in myself. I made the investment to fly out to, I think the first one I ever went to was in Charlotte. Then I went to California after that. It was in Charlotte where I realized this is what I want to do. And I went out there on my own dime, learned as much as I could connected with amazing people who I'm now friends with today so absolutely. I think that would be a great first step is go to a, go to a day of development. That's what John's been putting out lately, a day of development where you can, you know, energy bus, power, positive leadership. Those are, those are great. And th th those, the investments and things like that, um, they could be paying tenfold easily depending on what you want to do with it. And just, just the mindset, uh, a lot of times too, like what's great about things like that is the employer, you know, sometimes your employer, your school will actually fund, you know, some of those things for you to go to those. So, right. Another thing for coaches to consider, it's like, you never know when you go to your administration and they're like, sure, you go, go to this event. We want to get you trained. And that's a great way to do it as well. No doubt, man. I may be hitting up my, I may be hitting up my folks soon. Um, okay. <laughs> let me ask you this. One of the questions I like to ask people is they say more things are caught rather than taught. Okay. So you've got those two kids and you're a young guy, you got two, two young kids, you know, let's fast forward, you know, like they're, they're 18, 19 years old. What do you want them to have caught from you and your wife? 
Man, that's a great question. And it's really cool timing because our three-year-old daughter, she's amazing. She's her name's Kennedy, but man, she's a strong, you know, there's a book by uh, James Dobson called the strong-willed child. And she's that. (laughs) And, um, and so we've just been talking about that lately. It's like exactly to that quote. And, And I think Dr. Dobson even probably talks about that in his book. It's like, you know, what our attitudes, our behavior, like, what are the things that we are modeling? Because those are the things that are a lot of times remembered. And so I think for me, um, because I thought about this a lot lately with my different things I'm involved with, it's like now having two kids and I'm sure some of your listeners have kids or relationships they care about. And it's like, I just want them to know that like, I I loved God. I loved them. You know, I was there for them and I wasn't a, a dad who was having success, but then neglecting the people closest to me. And so I think for me, it's like, I would rather have the success at home and the people that, that know me and, and love me, you know, that know, that know me, the, here's what I, here's what I'm trying to say. I want the people who know me the most to respect me and love me the best. And I think I don't want to get that twisted. I don't want to get that twisted where at work I'm looking for that. I have it at home, just like many of us do. And it's like, I need to make sure my priorities reflect that. And so I think it's a great question, man. I appreciate you asking it. And um, I think that's where, what I'd like them to say is that I love God. I love them. And, and um, yeah, I was there for him. Well, Alex, man, it has been a joy. Um, I want everybody to buy the book, The Sale. If you have not bought it yet, um, buy the book, The Sale. It's absolutely fantastic. It's a very quick read. I've read it twice. It's worth reading twice. And then also go to his website, alexspeaking.com. If you want to, you know, reach out and and get in any branch of of Alex that there is, you can reach out to that. I will put all the links in the show notes so that it'll be easy for you to, you know, to hit it and move on. I just want to say thank you, Alex, for coming on and blessing us today. It was truly a blessing. Coach, I appreciate it. Last thing I want to say is I I like to cast vision sometime. I'm already seeing another episode that I'm going to be on your podcast where we're talking about your book launch. So I'm just putting it out there. We'll find, we'll find a way to make it. We'll find a way to make it work. We'll figure out the dollars and cents of it, but man, you, you got to get that book out there. We'll find a way to make it work for you, man. I can't wait. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for being a part. Um, As always reach out to me. If there's anything that I can help you with, you've got my email, you've got my cell phone number because I give it to you every single week until next time. Adios amigos.